You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. Have you ever wondered what causes your frightful nightmares or unexplained sleep paralysis? Are you curious why you see shadows within shadows dart across your room at night or hear scratching that sends your nerves on edge? Do you and your husband or wife fight a lot? Are your children undisciplined and continually misbehave? Does your home look like an episode of Hoarders? Any one or all of these things may lure this creature to your home. And she may already be there, stilling your breath while you sleep and filling your head full of nightmares. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. Today we are discussing the Kikimora from Slavic folklore, a creature born from misfortune who sneaks into your home bringing torment and death. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you'd like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Warning, 
This episode contains depictions of infant and child harm, as well as suicide, that some people may find disturbing. Growing up as a young girl in Slovakia, I heard all the legends and folklore of my people. Among all of them, I feared the Kikimora the most. My mother would tell me that if I was a bad child, the Kikimora would visit me in my sleep and cause me terrible dreams. Clean your room, Daniela, or the Kikimora will come for a visit. Kikimora doesn't like untidy children. I can still hear her say. As a result, I did have bad dreams, but thinking back on it now, it was because my mother had put the fear in me of this night demon, and not because I was a bad child. Quite the opposite, in fact. I was a well-behaved girl and worked hard on our large farm when I wasn't in classes. When I turned 18, I was sent to a university in Ukraine. It was during my time in Ukraine that I became a history teacher. In my spare time, I studied the folklore of the Slavic countries. My mother was a true believer in all the legends, monsters, and spirits, and she was incredibly superstitious. She had told me so many tales as I was growing up that I couldn't help but have a keen interest in the subject. Our countries are rich in legends of monster spirits and demons. Later, I moved to the U.S. when my fiancé Marco was offered a job teaching at UCA. That's where we got married and later started our family. However, I took a different approach when I married and had children of my own. I didn't warn my children of the Kikimora or give them idle threats of any kind regarding these legends. I didn't want them to live in fear as I had. I felt that it was cruel to put thoughts of this wicked demon or any other in their minds. I was wrong. I should have told them more legends and fairy tales. I should have heeded my mother's warnings. I had no idea how right she was to warn me of the dangers of Kikimora. My husband and I weren't true believers in the old folklore. That's why I didn't recognize the signs when our girls began displaying odd and frankly unnerving behavior. It all started when we began to hear a strange whistling late at night, followed by shattering glass. When we got up to see what was going on, the kitchen was trashed. There were broken dishes everywhere, with no sign of the culprit. Licia, our oldest, was the first to start having issues. She would wake up in the middle of the night screaming and gasping for air. That went on for a few weeks before Maria began to do the same thing, and then Faya. Sometimes they would have unexplained bruises or scratches around their throats and wrists. They began to refuse to sleep alone until they were all three sharing the same bed in Licia's room. Finally, one night, Faya came into our bedroom crying and said the chicken lady was trying to kill Maria. We got up and quickly ran to the other bedroom where we found Maria and Licia frozen in terror, unable to move, just staring at the ceiling. At first, I thought they were having seizures, but how could that even happen simultaneously? It was too huge of a coincidence. We put cameras in their rooms and recorded everything that went on, 
but their behavior seemed erratic and without cause. We hired specialists to inspect our home for carbon monoxide leaks and black mold, but every inspection came back clean. We then took them to a child psychiatrist and several other mental health professionals when that didn't work. But there didn't seem to be any help for us because every doctor we took them to gave them a clean bill of health. And psychologically, there were no issues according to the physicians and psychiatrists. We felt desperately alone in what was happening until my mother came for a visit. It was a rare occasion that she would fly all the way from Ukraine to the States. I almost thought she had some sort of intuition. She hadn't seen the girls in over three years since our youngest, Faya, was born. As soon as she set eyes on them, she knew something was wrong. She asked what had been happening in our home and why did her three granddaughters look so ragged and tired, with dark circles and bags beginning to develop around their eyes. Licia was seven, Maria was five, and Faya was three. They weren't able to completely articulate what was causing their restless behavior and the rebellious fights they would engage in, with me and their dad at bedtime that would leave us all feeling haggard. We couldn't understand why they all took to sleeping in one bed together and insisted on leaving the lights on. My two oldest daughters would speak of a monster that kept them awake, and they claimed this monster would try to make them stop breathing. Eventually, Faya picked up on the story and started repeating it. They even called her the chicken lady, but we had no clue what that meant. Of course, we had dismissed these claims and tried to console the girls. As time passed, we had become exhausted with the stories our daughters were telling us, and we were beginning to suffer severe exhaustion ourselves. Marco and I had began bickering with each other and fighting over the smallest of things. We were at our wits' end with all of it. But the morning we saw bruises on each girl's necks was the final straw. I told my mother everything that had happened and how the children had been acting strange and that they were terrified of sleep. She told me, without hesitation, that we must have a Kikimora in the house. Naturally, I scoffed at the idea. I couldn't believe she was still on that nonsense at her age. Mom, you can't still be stuck on that old folk tale. I'm not eight anymore, and we don't believe in scaring the girls into good behavior. I snapped at her. I thought she had used the Kikimora as a scare tactic to make sure I did as I was told and didn't fuss and always stuck to her strict schedule. But suddenly, with my mother standing there before me, I let go of my past doubts and was overcome with relief. My husband and I desperately needed a good night's rest and someone to help with the girls while we were battling with them every night and watching them cautiously every day. Our home felt war-torn between all of us, and finally reprieve had arrived in the form of my mom. If nothing else, maybe Marco and I could get some rest before the battle that lay ahead. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, 
June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more light-hearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Some spirits are thought to be dangerous, even by people who don't necessarily believe in them. One of the scariest creatures in world mythologies is the spirit from the Slavic culture known as Kikimora. The Kikimora was thought to be responsible for sleep paralysis, nightmares, and even death while sleeping. She was feared, and with good reason. Kikimora was not easy to get rid of, but she was not hard to obtain within your home either. Origins of the Kikimora started during the 8th to 13th centuries, when Slavic paganism was being slowly taken over by Christianity. However, even after Christianity took hold in the Slavic regions, the belief of the Kikimora was still strong. The Kikimora is predominantly an evil being, and there are many ways one can be brought into the world. Kikimoras have a strong connection to the deceased, and especially deceased children. It's said that if you live in a house where a child or infant died, you are more likely to be the victim of a Kikimora especially if the said child or infant is buried around the house. The way in which a Kikimora can enter a family's home is as disturbing as one might think. She can enter the home simply by slipping through the keyhole of the front door. One of the biggest signs you have a Kikimora is by the wet footprints she leaves while walking around your house. The Kikimora is a spirit associated with the home. Kikimora tends to take up residence behind a stove, fireplace, or in the basement. They will make scratching noises that sound like mice to attract food. According to many versions of the legend, she comes as a beautiful woman with her hair down and will stay with the house and help you with your work. Except that upon examination, the Kikimora may not be as adorable as you expected. She has some odd defects, including the odd chicken-like hand or foot. To be honest, if you see her, you're probably done. If you catch her spinning in the middle of the night, which she does indefinitely without generating any thread, 
causing a whistling sound. You will die within a week. There are two types of kikimoras, one that dwells in the swamp and one that dwells in the forest. The kikimora that dwells in the swamp is the one most known for malicious intent and cruelty. The other is the forest kikimora that is known to be more of a gentle spirit and helpful if your home is clean and in good order. She may even pitch in and help with the chores. However, it's the swamp kikimora that is most well known and feared. She is sometimes associated with witches and the origins of witches have been related to the developing of a kikimora. The kikimora's relationship with witches appears to have occasionally linked the spirit with the fabled witch Baba Yaga, who soared through the heavens in a mortar propelled by a pestle, looking for children to cook into her evening meal. A kikimora, like Baba Yaga, preyed on the children, and both possessed great magical powers. This element of the kikimora contradicts her position as a benign guardian and helper in the home. Although it's understood to relate to only one of the two types of kikimora. Unless she is insulted, the helpful kikimora will happily dwell with a family and aid in the ordering and cleaning of a house. This spirit is thought to be married to the house's domovoi, who is also benevolent and supportive unless provoked. The domovoi is thought to be the personification of a rod, the Christian god of a family and his job is to ensure the well-being of that family. When a family relocates, if the Domovoy is not formally invited, he will remain in the old home and battle with the Domovoy of the new family, causing all sorts of havoc, until the invitation is properly extended and he moves to the new home. The Kikimora associated with the Domovoy serves the same function as a protective entity, but the Kikimora associated with Leshi is an entirely different type of spirit. Leshi is a supernatural entity who reigns over the forest, protecting wildlife, plants, and trees from abuse by humans, while allowing for respectful hunting and the harvesting of wood. People who wandered into the woods, or those whom the Leshi accused of causing trouble, were enticed farther and deeper into the thickets, never to be seen again. The Leshi married a similar thing known as the Lasavica, with whom he has children, known as Lashanki, who will grow up to protect their own forests. A Kikimora who lives in marshes near woodlands is occasionally paired or substituted with the Lasavica. This Kikimora is irritable and aggressive, and she is drawn to houses with negative energy, such as those where domestic abuse is common, entering through the keyhole. Her wet footprints across the floors alert the family to her presence in the morning, but they soon learn of her wrath as she breaks items, steals objects, causes nightmares, and may even abduct children, especially those cursed by their parents, an act also associated with the Leshi. The kidnapped infant would be raised to be a Kikimora. The Kikimora is like most supernatural creatures, served to promote cultural values. If a woman didn't keep her house clean, if her husband was violent and lazy, or if her children were badly disciplined, they were believed to be inviting a Kikimora to live in their house. Once inside the house, as previously said, the only way to get rid of them was to change one's behavior, respect their presence, 
and leave them gifts or refreshments. The spirits also explain traumatic incidents such as the loss of a healthy child, young woman, expecting mother or matriarch. These occurrences were blamed on the swamp's malicious Kikimora, who could just as easily steal a child who was loved and wanted as one whose parents had cursed it. They were also thought to be the source of little annoyances, such as the misplacement of common objects. If you couldn't find your rake, hoe, or lantern, it was blamed on a Kikimora, who had no need to restore anything. It's said that a Kikimora is born at the birth of most stillborn babies, or when an infant dies. She can also be born from the body of a mother who has died during childbirth, and will resemble the dead woman upon her creation. Here are some other morbid ways a Kikimora can be brought into the world. Stillborn children in miscarriages were thought to become a Kikimora as well as a child who died before it was baptized. The soul of a woman who committed suicide was also thought likely to become a Kikimora as well as those matriarchs who were used to supervising the home and refused to leave at death. Children cursed by their parents for any reason were also considered likely candidates as the curse called the devil's attention to the child, who then began to work his influences until the soul of the child faded into a kikimora. As the spirit was understood as female, girls were primarily at risk. But it seems young boys may have also been transformed. Young women of marriageable age were thought especially susceptible to diabolical magic in the form of handsome young men, actually demons, who seduced them with lavish gifts, or usually left enticing items along the path that the woman would walk. And if she brought one home, she gave the demon permission to enter the house. Once the demon had impregnated the woman, he left, and the gifts turned to ash. Her child would be born deformed with pointy ears and then become a kikimora. A common fear had to do with the changeling, a demon child who replaced one's actual child, usually in infancy, and this was associated with a kikimora. The spirit was thought to enter through a keyhole of a house, replace one's child with their own, and leave quietly to raise the baby as a kikimora. The famous tone poem, Kikimora, by Anatoly Lyadov, attempts to describe the origins of the Kikimora. The poem describes Kikimora as an infant in a cradle made of crystal. She is raised by a magician in the mountains, whose cat regales her with stories from ancient times as Kikimora rocks herself to sleep. In the poem, it takes only seven years for a Kikimora to reach adulthood, by which time her head is as big as a thimble and her body as wide as a strand of straw. She would sit from dusk to dawn and think up malicious intentions for the world while she spun flax. Sitting at a spinning wheel and spinning straw is a Kikimora's favorite non-malevolent pastime. Kikimora is best known today from the Netflix television series The Witcher, adapted from the book series of the same name. Though the Kikimora in all of these has no similarities to the mythological creature. Belief in the Kikimora continues in the present day through Slavic folk religion and its association with the devil and demonic forces in Slavic Christianity. So you know the drill. Make up your list of ways to keep the Kikimora from your home. 
because once she settles in, she's in it for the long haul. Keep a clean house, teach your kids to behave, and get along well with your spouse. That doesn't seem too hard, or does it? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I told mom everything. I told her of the sleepless nights, the stories my daughters had told me of a monster they called the chicken lady, sitting on their chests at night. I told her about the fighting and discourse that was beginning to take place as our home was becoming unraveled. She listened intently with her blue eyes locked on mine. She had a hard, stilly look on her face, and I remember thinking she looked like she did when I was a child and she warned me of the Kikimora. I felt my heart quicken as she began to speak. I was scared I was going to snap on her for bringing this ridiculous legend back into my life as if it were real. However, before she said a word, she leaned forward and hugged me, then took my hands in hers. I saw a single tear stream down her cheek, and my heart softened toward my mother. She cleared her throat and began to tell me a story about our family that I never knew, and she said she hated herself for not telling me before. I thought she was going to tell me of a dark history of a strange family mental illness, and looking back, I wish it had been that simple. She said she should have told me when we had our first daughter, but she didn't think I would believe her, and I would pull away from her. She was right, I would have. But now I sat listening intently to what she had to say. My mother began telling me the story of her sister, my Aunt Zoya, a woman I had never met because she had died while pregnant before I was born. That was all I knew, was that she had died with a child in her belly, but I never knew the details. Now my mother was telling me every detail. Zoya had become pregnant out of wedlock by a married man, and back then, an act like that was frowned on worse than it is today. She had been deeply in love with this man, and he had promised her that he would leave his barren wife and be with her and his child. But due to the scandalous nature of their relationship and the pregnancy, he wouldn't leave his wife, although she couldn't bear him any children. He was more worried about his reputation than the woman who carried his offspring. Zoya had become increasingly depressed as she got closer to the day her baby was to be born. No one knew how deep her sadness and rage ran because she wouldn't speak of it to anyone, not even my mother or their mother. My grandfather had all but disowned her for her trespasses and didn't think the man that had impregnated her was wrong for not wanting to be with my aunt because in his mind, she was a harlot. When Zoya was eight months pregnant, she went to the barn that sat on our family farm. She crafted a noose, and before dying, she cursed the child in her womb. For if she hadn't become pregnant, 
none of this would have happened. In her rage and depression, she couldn't see the gift this child would be. All she felt was resentment towards it for coming into existence. She hung herself from the rafters, leaving a note pinned to the front of her dress, explaining her actions and apologizing to her father for becoming the shame of the family. My mother was crying now, and I realized I too was crying. This was such a horrible story, such a travesty, and I had no idea that my mother had been harboring this darkest of secrets for so long. Mother wasn't finished yet. She continued to tell me. The baby had left her sister's body and was laying in the hay beneath her hanging body. A girl, a baby girl. She had strange features, such as pointed ears like an elf. Her face looked like that of an old woman, but on an infant's body. Her legs were mere wisps. My mother was the one that had found her sister and the baby in the barn. The baby was alive by some miracle, or perhaps curse. She told me that my grandfather was more upset about the child's appearance than her sister's death. He tried to take the baby away to get rid of her, but my grandmother fought him hard to keep it, saying the child was all she had left of her beloved daughter. My grandfather agreed, as long as she promised to keep the baby locked away, he never wanted to lay eyes on it. My mother then told me that my grandmother made a nursery in the basement and privately took care of the baby there, and she even gave her a name, Ludmilla. Ludmilla aged rapidly. Mother said that my grandmother adored her even though she was quite deformed never growing much bigger than a toddler. When Ludmilla was seven or eight years old, my grandfather passed away in his sleep from unknown causes, and shortly after, the girl disappeared. She vanished completely from the house. My mother said she wasn't sure when it happened, but the girl that had survived her mother's suicide was gone. They never saw her again, and had never reported her missing because she had been a dark family secret that no one knew about. My grandmother told my mother that she had known deep in her heart that this would happen one day, for she had always known her granddaughter was a Kikimora. That was the day my own mother found out what a Kikimora was. I felt bile rising in my throat as I looked at the dead seriousness in my mother's eyes as she finished telling me the horrific tale of her sister, my Aunt Zoya. And I knew she wasn't lying because my mother never lied. She had always treated her home like she was running a well-oiled machine at all times, and there was no room for errors in our schedule, and cleanliness was literally as holiness to her. Now I knew why she did that. It was to keep the Kikimora that my aunt had created away from me. The Kikimora that I now suspected had probably killed my grandfather out of revenge. However, I failed to keep my family safe because I didn't believe my mother's stories and warnings. I had distanced myself from her because I didn't want her filling my daughter's heads with the same nonsense she had pounded into me. I should have heeded her words then and put faith in what my mama had said to me all those years ago 
But here I was now, and I had to believe her, or I might lose my own girls. I had hoped that she would never return. I tried to keep you safe, but she must have followed you here, my mother said while wiping the tears from her eyes. She explained to me that according to legend, the only way to rid your home of a kikimora was by reversing behaviors that had called the kikimora to begin with. Leave it gifts and snacks. And these behaviors had to persist until the kikimora felt that the discourse in your home was resolved. Thinking back, me and my husband had fought many times over the years over many things. Our careers, scheduling differences, and who would watch the girls. He had taken to drinking too much at night and at times lashing out at me. I had never kept a tidy home or a tight schedule like my mom had because I was determined not to be like her in any way. I had thought her a fool, but now I knew I was the fool for my rebellious nature. That night I put the girls to bed with the promise of a brighter tomorrow, and I made the decision to stay at home with my girls and let my husband be the breadwinner he had always wanted to be. I felt hopeful, and I knew the Kikimora that was torturing my girls at night had heard my intentions. I let the girls sleep together that night, and I took one of the extra beds in their room to make them feel safer. I drifted off and was having a dream about the future, a future in which I was a better mom and wife. A dream where my husband was happy with getting to be his family's security and head of the house, without me fighting him every step of the way. I was smiling in my dream as me and the girls watched him leave for work and was waving him off. Then out of nowhere, a darkness fell upon me and the girls, and the front door slammed in our faces. I woke with a start. I looked around my girls' room, letting my eyes adjust to the dark. I could hear the same whistling we had heard almost every night before. Then I thought I heard a rustle come from their bed and started to get up, but I couldn't move. My heart pounded like a hammer as my eyes adjusted even more and I could see from my peripheral vision legs and arms flailing around on the girl's bed. I could hear their tiny screams lodged in their throats. They couldn't call for help. I opened my mouth to scream for my mother and husband. <gasps> but I couldn't scream either. I felt a pressure around my throat and began to struggle for air. I couldn't move, breathe, or scream. I didn't know what to do. My mind raced and all I could do was watch as the movement and rustling from my girl's bed stopped. I felt tears burning down my face. I didn't know what was happening and I couldn't get to them. I was helpless and about to suffocate. Darkness began to take over my vision as I was losing consciousness, but suddenly a rush of air came pouring into my burning lungs. I felt the feeling returning to my limbs. I scrambled from the bed and rushed to where my daughters were sleeping. No, 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 no! I screamed as I shook each girl in turn. Their lips were blue and faces ashy. 
My mother and husband rushed into the room. They both ran to the girls and started grabbing them and laying them on the floor to start CPR. But as I looked to see them enter the room, I saw three tiny dark shadows standing in the doorway. My mother and husband passed right through my daughters. They were gone. I sat staring numbly at the doorway as I saw them wave goodbye to me. They held hands with long, talon-like fingers, pointed ears, and wispy legs. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts such as Destination Terror and Redwood Bureau. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Tune in next week as we discuss the Ticklebong, an evil spirit that lurks in the mountains of the Philippines, waiting for a traveler to play tricks on before he devours him. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one. <laughs>